with a chat roulette playing in the background so you guys can see a bunch of dicks all night. So, we did this for you! That was fucking lackluster. What do you guys got against dicks? And dancing in front of them. I'm gonna leave that question on you. Um, I don't know if they did announcements, but in true fashion, we do the show every Sunday, and today is my 31st birthday. I know, right? Just thank you. Thank you. So I'm bogarting my own show. Uh, that was the plan all along. And uh, just moisturize your face. That's all you need to do. And you'll wake up like this. So, great. Um, Alberta Street Pub, there is Sid Night every night of the week, so if you know what that means, please take advantage of that. Steven is the name of the bartender. He is a great gentleman. Give him all your money. Also, round of applause for Randall Lawrence in the sound booth! Yeah, yeah making magic happen. Um, awkward, there will be a tip bucket at the end, so please save a few dollars to put in that to put in that man's hands, uh, because not only are we um, a live show, but we're also a live recorded podcast. And uh, it takes time and engineering to do that, and so that money goes to him to keep us on the airwaves. So please Thank you, and uh, throw money in a bucket at the end of this. Cool. That, yeah, I didn't have an ending. That's okay. Um, but guess what? I'm going to take a fucking break. I host this show every Sunday. I get to yell at you my diary, and today I've prepared material for you, which is out of the norm, I know. Does she even have jokes? You'll find out. Um please laugh. Okay, cool. I need you. I need you today. <laughs> and every day. Um, so I'm going to go rest my bunions in the back, grab my favorite Jesus bomb, which is Marlowe and Red Bull. Yeah. It's my favorite fucking drink. It's really good on Easter too. I'm going to go do that. And meanwhile, your host for this evening, there's a rock block show for you guys. There always fucking is. It's amazing. Um, I'm going to close it out today because it's my birthday. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being here. We can't want to do the show without you. And you guys are so fucking amazing every single time from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm going to pass this wonderful hosting abilities to the person who is able to do it. And... Um, He's a gem. You know him because his face was plastered all over the Willamette Week for being the funniest five in Portland. Um, keep going. Slow. Slow on. I know. What was it? Round four? So you're like 15th funny? Okay, anyway. So um, I've never made the list. Whatever. Uh, it's my year! Go vote! Okay. I really don't care. My show makes it every year. You guys, he's so talented. He just killed it on a weekend and uh, Helium with the Sklar Brothers. He's so fucking murder zone. One of my favorite people on this entire planet. Give a round of applause for the very hilarious Adam Posse. Keep it going for the birthday girl, everyone. 
fact, on the count of three. One, two, three. Let's not sing happy birthday to Joanne. No, that's great. She looks great for 31. She doesn't look a day over perpetually single, and I'm so proud of her for that. <laughs> so, guys, my name is Adam. I'll be your host for the evening. How are you all feeling tonight? Fantastic. I'd say that's about the seventh time we've asked you for cheap applause in the first four minutes of the show, so it's going good. I'm Samoan, which is obvious. Not a lot of ways I can go with this look. I'm either one Samoan or I'm the little rascals stacked up trying to sneak into a buffet. Funniest seven, I guess, would it be? I'm one Samoan or I'm all carbohydrates Filipino. Thank you for laughing at the stumble. I'm one Simone or I'm seven Mexicans Voltron together and stuffed inside a 5X shirt. Like if someone hits me hard enough, I'll break up into half a soccer team. Or a landscaping crew, depending on how racist you want this joke to be. Not really a racist joke. Two choices I gave you, you voted with your laughs. Worked out about the same way I thought it would, gentrified neighborhood. I like that people can tell that I'm Samoan. Uh, it wasn't a thing I always had. I went to high school in Fayetteville, North Carolina in the mid-90s in Fayetteville. Just heads up, North Carolina's not the hero at the end of the story. The South is generally not the hero at the end of any stories. I'll tell you one right now. They didn't know what the hell a Samoan was. I'd meet someone and say, hi, I'm Adam, and the general response would be, what race are you? Because as we just discussed, the South has a rich and beautiful history. <laughs> I'd say I'm Samoan. They'd ask, what is that? I'd say it's an island in the South Pacific. It's very similar to Hawaii. And they'd then say, so you're Hawaiian? And that's not what I told them. So, I'll try to make it clear. I'll say they're not the same island. They're similar. You know the way that Puerto Rico and Cuba are very similar? And they'll say, oh, so you're Cuban then. I'm now even further from what I initially told them. <laughs> One guy broke me down so bad, I was just trying to speak as monosyllabically to him as possible. I started going big, brown, hot sun. And he said, well, that sounds a lot like Guam. And I was like, yeah, we have a lot in common with Guam. You look at the climate, the culture. It's like, why the fuck do you know what Guam is? <laughs> a few minutes of that goes by, and I'm just holding my hand out in surrender. I'm begging, can we please, please just shake on me being Cherokee so we can walk away from each other for the entire rest of our lives. I've never dated a Samoan girl, and it's not because of any type of aesthetic thing. The reason is, the first Samoan females I ever met my age were my cousins, and they're lovely, beautiful people. And so my standard for Samoan beauty is my cousin. So if I'm attracted to a Samoan girl, my brain will involuntarily produce the thought Yo, she is almost as hot. <laughs> as your blood relative. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just not talk to her. I think I'm gonna go throw up in a scalding hot shower for the entire rest of my life. That's what I'm gonna do tonight. But aside from them being related to me, I really don't have a type when it comes to female companionship. I like all of them. <laughs> You're all wondering, I'm not trying to pander right now, nor am I creepily saying, so just send whatever to the smoking section after my set. None of that is my message to you. But legit, I just like all different types of women, shapes, sizes, ages. 
everything. I like uh, larger girls are very cool. There's something I can only enjoy with a larger lady, and that is pasta. <laughs> That's a joke. It's in there because I think it's funny, but also legit. If someone wants to get pasta after the show. <laughs> Five zero three seven five four seven eight one nine. What it really is, I like it when a lady's wearing one of my button-up dress shirts and just their underwear with that. To me, that's like the sexiest thing in the world. That's my jam. Yes, but problem is, if I'm with a small frame girl, it's a five X tall shirt. You guys, tiny dancer goes traipsing around my apartment in one of these. She's probably gonna trip over the front and hit her face on something. God forbid she's by a staircase, so roll down it, get all bloodied up and wrapped in it as it's happening. Like the saddest, most 911 tamale at the foot of the stairs afterwards. That's a mood killer. When I'm with a big girl, though, it's doubly good. Because not only do I get that sexy visual I like so much, I also get a pretty good idea of how I look in that shirt. Sweet deal. I like older ladies. I've slept with a lot of older women. And that again, not because like I fetishize them in any way. Older women, they like don't play around. They have like, they they hit on me aggressively enough to where I can tell they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really dumb when it comes to perceiving that. That's a problem I've always had. If you hold my face in your crotch, my first assumption is that your pussy is cold. It's just I'm dumb. I'm. I did a show where I stripped naked on stage a couple weeks ago. A friend who I've always been flirty with came up to me. She goes, I've never wanted to suck your dick more than when you were on stage just now. And in my head, I just registered like, oh, well, I'm not on stage anymore. I should go catch my ride home. <laughs> and it didn't occur to me till we're pulling in my driveway. And I'm like, no, shit, turn the car around. Fuck, there's something I got to do. <laughs> that bar had single oc occupancy bathrooms, too. I messed up. I messed up so bad. That's why old ladies get it from me, though, because they don't mess around. They're like, you, big one, go sit in the van, put a condom on the dashboard. I'm like, yes, man, absolutely. <laughs> the Aerostars, the Ford Aerostars, is that where I'm going? <laughs> like big girls, like older ladies. Skinny girls are dope, too. Skinny girls are dope. This is just the limitation to the types of positions we can do. I'll destroy your body if you put 360 pounds on top of it. I will crush a lovely skinny girl into a diamond. <laughs> I like all types of women, though. When I'm seeking romance, I do it the same way that a detective would at the start of a murder investigation. I'm just trying to cast as wide a net as possible. And I follow all leads, no matter how shaky they may seem. I gotta go through with it. Is that a wedding ring, or are you just throwing your divorce in your husband's face every time you go out? Let's find out. Let's get these facts. Yes, ma'am, I know you're dancing with a lady in this lesbian bar that we're at, but please, we need to bring you to the station for questioning. We need to get to the bottom of this. Yes, ma'am, I know you keep telling me you're just a pretty-looking dude on the train, but I, I don't believe in stop and frisk either, but it's my job. I have an investigation to solve. And I'm tenacious with it. I have to be, because there's a time clock on my romantic endeavors, because basically, much like a detective, if I don't get it wet in the first 48... I gotta get a manila envelope and put my dick in the cold case file. <laughs> 48 hours seems like kind of a scumbag standard, but it's, it's not. It's just that, guys, I'm 37. I've been a detective for a long time. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm getting too old for this shit, Riggs. <laughs> I'm tired. I got Predator 2s chasing me around all over the place. 
You know, Riggs, I remember the first time I saw Andy Dufresne. Why are you looking at me like that? That's not the same dude? You fucking with me? You mean to tell me that Shawshank Redemption and Lethal Weapon are not Samuel L. Jackson movies? <laughs> Whatever. I got hit by a car a couple months ago. Oh, I'm sorry, does this crowd want transitions in between its jokes? Fine, picky bastard. Okay, I guess it's not my birthday. We'll do transitions for me as well. Hey guys, I just mentioned Samuel L. Jackson. One of my favorite Samuel L. Jackson's movies is Snake on, Snakes on a Plane. Oh, you guys ever see that animated film, Planes? It sucked. It was like a shitty aircraft knockoff of the movie Cars. Speaking of Cars, guys, I got hit by a car a couple of months ago. And I'm not gonna have time to tell you about it because I ran out of time. So I'll tell you about that later. You guys ready to get this show going? First comic coming to the stage, very funny young man. He's visiting us from Seattle, so let's all make, make a lot of noise right now. Your big Portland welcome to Bo Johnson! When I was in college, I lived in a little bit of a sketchy neighborhood. Like, there was one week where there were three pistol whippings that triangulated all around my house, which is a really scary thing when you look like me, because I don't look intimidating at all. It looks like God went, hmm, I know. Let's throw a golden retriever into a Mormon's body, <laughs> and he'll be raised by two massage therapists. <laughs> I feel like even if you weren't looking at me, you'd be like, yeah, I thought I smelled tennis balls. <laughs> So I called up my mom, and I told her about the pistol whipping. She got really concerned. She's like, Bo, you should wear a bicycle helmet <laughs> whenever you walk home at night so that no one can hurt you. <laughs> it's like, that is a horrible idea. All that's going to happen is two guys are going to see me and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a late night pizza place right by my house. I was in line one evening. There were three girls in front of me, all really drunk. One of them fell onto the ground. So I went over. I was like, hey. No, this is weird. Just wanted to offer you guys all a ride home. Make sure you get home safely. One of the girls looked at me and she's like, I don't know. You're not a serial killer, are you? Is that your vetting process? It's a horrible vetting process. You're not even vetting for one-time killers. Unless she was only worried about serial killers and some guy was like, well, only once. You know what? Everybody makes mistakes. But she goes, I want to make sure you're not going to chop us all up later and put us in a suitcase. And I was like, silly, I'm in college right now. Like, I don't even own a suitcase. It's <laughs> like, but you're not a serial killer, right? I was like, of course not. But you should already know that beyond all of the murdering, the main thing that serial killers are notorious for is lying about it. <laughs> like, you know what's never happened? Hey, you going to kill us tonight? Oh, man. Foiled again. <laughs> they didn't want to ride home. I said, that's fine. You do me a favor. You at least wear this bicycle helmet. <laughs> Before we moved out of our college house, we had one final big party. My roommate Kyle passed down on our couch with his shoes on. My other roommate came out with a Sharpie. And he's like, we should draw a penis on his forehead. It's like, come on, man. We're adults now. We don't do that anymore. So I took the Sharpie from him. I went over to Kyle. And I gave him a nice, full, 
bushy pair of kitty whiskers. Because if you see a man walking down the street with a penis on his forehead, you know his friends did that. <laughs> but a man with whiskers, he might have done that himself. Maybe that's how he feels on the inside. It's like, I'm Carl, Carl the cat. I'm about to turn 25 next week, and some of my older friends have started to buy their first homes. I was on my way to a housewarming party. My buddy called me up. He goes, Bo, I need you to pick up the charcuterie. I was like, of course. What's a charcuterie? Turns out it's a bunch of really expensive meats and cheeses, and I don't have that kind of money. So I went to the grocery store and I bought nine boxes of Lunchables. <laughs> if there's anything I've learned over the years, it's just as important to keep things positive around yourself. Like I was in the gym elevator on my way home, and as the doors were starting to shut, I saw this man running towards me trying to catch it. And so I stuck my arm out and I held the door for him. And as he was running, he tripped a little bit, and his keys flew out of his hands and they hit the ground, and they slid across it until they dropped into the abyss of the elevator shaft. And he stopped right in front of the door, and he looked up, and his mouth opened and shut a couple of times, kind of like, like a little kid in a play that forgot his one big line. And so I maintained eye contact with him, and I slowly removed my arm, <laughs> and I hit that closed elevator door button, because I don't need that kind of negativity in my life right now, man. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I was bullied a lot, and I had a really great doubt. Like, he sat me down one day on the bed, and he's like, Bo, there's just one thing I want you to know about this world. All anybody wants is to be loved. And so when people like Dylan lash out at you, it's because he doesn't have people in his life that love and care about him the same way we do with you. And I thought about that and I was like, good. <laughs> it's what he deserves. <laughs> now I love, I love to go for walks. Like I met this nice older couple that was going bird watching. The gentleman told me, he's like, you'd be surprised once you start to go bird watching, how many other people you meet that love birds? It's like, I hope that you're right, sir. Or it's just that anybody you meet in public with binoculars has to tell you that they're bird watching. <laughs> yeah, I was also bird watching. <laughs> All kind of birds over by Jennifer's house. <laughs> like to come home every day at six o'clock. <laughs> I want you guys to know, like, I'm aware that I look like the kind of guy that Ikea might sell. And it's not a bad look, it's just I think I make a much better looking gay man. Because the men that hit on me are objectively very good looking. And I don't necessarily think that all the women I'm interested in feel the same way about me. But I'm very confident those same women would definitely want to have sex with the men that want to fuck me. So, mathematically, I am gorgeous. <laughs> and like I realized recently that most of the romantic moments in my life have accidentally been spent with other men as well. Like I live in Seattle, Washington, right on the waterfront, there's a Ferris wheel. My best friend was visiting town. Neither of us had ever been on it before, so we rode it all the way and it got stuck on the top. I was like, this would be such a romantic moment if I was with anybody but Matthew Rotter right now. And I feel like I wasted an opportunity. You only get so many moments like that in your life. And if that happens to me again, I'm going to go for it. Like, if I'm on a park bench on the water, and the sun's setting ever so perfectly, and there's a strange man sitting next to me, like, hey, I think the big man wants us to kiss. <laughs> He's like, hmm, come on, sunset like this? 
He's like, I'm not gay. Well, me neither, but two dolphins just leapt in a heart shape. <laughs> Be weird if we didn't kiss right now. I was, I was at a bar talking to this lady who was going pretty well. She had her hand on my leg, and all of a sudden she looked at me and she goes, Oh my gosh, you are so nervous right now. You have no idea what you're doing. And I was like, that's not true. And she goes, prove it to me. So I did what I thought like a cool guy in the movies would do. I kissed her. And she goes, that's not how a confident man kisses a lady. You didn't even grab my hair or anything. Like, yeah, because you're a stranger. And I'll wager if you saw a man just forcibly grab a woman, you wouldn't be like, hey, look, what a confident man. <laughs> I bet he's read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. <laughs> but she reached back out and she pulled me in and she kissed me really hard and she goes, now that's how you kiss a lady. I'm not a lady. <laughs> you were the lady, and then I ran away like a man. <laughs> Thank you guys. Have a wonderful evening. Bo Johnson, everyone, let him hear it. Did you, did you hear the part where he tried to steal some of Joanne's thunder by telling you about his horse shit 25-year-old birthday next week? <laughs> nice try, Bo. Go back to Seattle with that crap. Now, one more time for Bo. He was amazing. Speaking of amazing, yeah, transitions all night now. You wanted it. You got it. Though your next comic is fantastic. He is one of the co-hosts of the best multi-host Wednesday show in Portland. He can also be seen this May performing at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Give it up for the young phenom, Marcus Coleman! What's up, all right? This is dope. Um... Yeah, I guess Bo's turning 25, I'm 25 too. I turned 25 back in November. And I am the world's oldest 25 year old. It's okay, I've seen myself, I know what I look like. I've looked like this since I was 13. I'm gonna look like this when I'm 35. Because that's the secret to black people, Alberta Street Pub. That's the secret. It's not that we age better than y'all. That's not true. We just look real old young and then grow into it like a big ass t-shirt. I'm feeling older, I'm feeling older in part because like I'll go in downtown Portland and I'll see young black men, you know, 10 years younger than me with this new haircut that they're going for. You've probably seen them, this new style, it's like a, like a half blonde, spiky, Spartan helmet, mohawk type deal. Have y'all seen these dudes? And I see them and I start feeling so much older. And like my posture gets bad. And I start bitching about the price of bread back in my day. And about how they don't make women like Lizzie McGuire anymore. That old chestnut, you know. But that's just the mental side of it. That's just the mental side of it. The physical manifestation is in my newfound inability to drink milk. <laughs> Specifically whole milk. Um, like there was an old racist myth born back in slave times that black people have an extra bone in our feet and that's why we can like tomahawk dunk and electric slide and shit. <laughs> and if that were true, I would gladly trade that in for whatever extra stomach lining white people have that allow y'all to drink whole milk with impunity. Like it's gotten to a point where I'm starting to get paranoid. I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. 
And I'm starting to think that milk is some form of FDA approved biological warfare. <laughs> perpetrated against the black man. Homogenized oppression. <laughs> created in a lab along with the carcinogens and Kool-Aid and Russian twerk videos. <laughs> Wake up y'all, it's a conspiracy. Wake up. <laughs> like I risked it all for a bowl of Kroger brand Fruity Pebbles. And my body rejected that whole milk like an IUD. Uh, I'm also the world's oldest 25 year old in the world because I've never used an emoji in my life. Never done it. I'm not that whimsical. I refuse to fake it for anybody. I've never downloaded a date nap. Uh, I've never applied for women online. <laughs> but that's because I like meet cutes, you know? I grew up on romantic comedies. I want to be like walking in downtown Portland and like bump shoulders with a well-dressed bohemian white woman with a big hat and a Parisian scarf. And upon contact, she drops a hardcover copy of Infinite Jest and I help her pick it up. And we make eye contact on the way up, but it's a heavy book and we're struggling and we, we finally get to our feet and it's a struggle. But when we get to our feet, we find common ground and we get married. Like that's... What I grew up on, that's how I came up. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking for love, man. Like, I just want a woman to love me the way middle-aged black men love Samuel L. Jackson hats and Bluetooth headsets. Like, I'm a simple man from Missouri, and I'm just looking for a woman that'll ride my face and teach me where semicolons are supposed to go. I don't need much. Come to find out I'm actually a pretty low-maintenance boyfriend. Just need a bit of suffocation. And some help with my punctuation, you know what I'm saying? There are like 14 different comma rules. The fuck is an independent clause? Who the fuck is Kurt Vonnegut? There's, there's so many questions that could be answered. Where are these underemployed English majors I've been hearing so much about? I got a job for you. And also somewhere you can sit down. Take a load off, you work hard. You work real hard. <laughs> Not as tough as I thought I was, man. Not as tough as I thought I was. I grew up in St. Louis, and you grew up in a, a project building, uh, fist fighting and stealing whole boxes of oatmeal cream pies. You start to think you're tough, right? Because that's, that's the tough guys in my neighborhood, dude. But I realize I'm not nearly as tough as any of the women in my family. Uh, come from a lineage of strong Southern black women. Like my grandmother uh, from Mississippi and she worked 25 years on the assembly line at Chrysler in Missouri, putting together minivans with her hands and on her lunch break, she would do like push-ups and pull-ups to kill time. <laughs> her daughter, my aunt, shot twice in the head while pregnant during an attempted carjacking. She lived and she had the baby. I, on the other hand, patriarch of the family, the baby boy, the namesake. I recently cried when I cramped up during sex. <laughs> not nearly as tough as the one in my family. Uh, like, that's embarrassing, right? Like, I'm not embarrassed about, like, my potassium intake. Not even embarrassed because she saw me cry. I'm embarrassed because she saw me stretch naked. 
Like, there was a level of cool it took to get to that point. You know, that's out the window when you're doing front-facing lunges with your dick out. <laughs> I wish I could tell y'all that I cramped up during like an impressive and practical sex move like the wheelbarrow at a people's elbow or some shit. But, like, no, man. I cramped up on the bottom. All right, that's my time. Thank you. Marcus Coleman, everyone. Let him hear it. Your next comic coming to the stage runs one of the absolute best shows in town every Monday at the Eastburn. It's uh, funny as hell. One of my favorites. Make a lot of noise right now for Barbara Hall! Hey! Uh. I'm, I'm so honored and excited to be here for Joanne's birthday. Are you all feeling the vibe, feeling really good about it? Yeah, uh, I, I, I can relate because I was also born and uh, I, and for the first time ever in my life just this year, I'm starting to actually show my age a little bit, like around my eyes and in my cheeks and in my ability to tolerate bullshit. I... Uh, I got an, a Twitter message recently from a stranger, and the scallywag opened with, you look like the kind of girl that would make a hair doll and mail it to someone. <laughs> and I was like, technically, those are hair action figures. <laughs> I'm excited for male birth control. That's going to be a thing this year. I'm real excited about it. I can't wait to see. Uh, you guys know you have to take it at the same time every day, though, right? I'll text you. Uh, I'm really excited for male birth control because I can't wait to see, like, a pack of straight men, like like a murder of straight men. I can't wait to see, like, a, a clump of them standing on the street openly weeping because a cat looked at them. <laughs> going to be fantastic. I... I work with kids. They're not like my coworkers. I, I, I guess I work at kids. I'm, I'm a preschool teacher. I love it because I get to constantly be around people that spill as often as I do. And I'm always teaching them really important stuff. The other day, this kid came up to me and he was like, Barbara, let's play Batman. I'm Batman and you can be girl Batman. And I was like, okay, well, do you mean Batgirl or Batwoman? Because those are going to be very different personalities for me to embody. And he was like, I'm four. I don't know what those words mean. And I was like, well, did you just see the Lego Batman movie? And he said, yes. And I was like, did you know that the character Batgirl in that movie, her first name is Barbara? And his eyes just got really wide and he got really quiet and he looked up at me for about a minute and then he screamed, you're the real bad girl? <laughs> like, yeah. Not the hero this playground deserves. It's <laughs> the one it needs right now. My, my favorite little kid, I probably shouldn't have favorites, but my favorite little kid, he came up to me and I was wearing different glasses and he was like, oh, why do you have different glasses today? And I was like, uh, for fun and he was like why and i was like um for fashion 
And he said, why? And I was like, I don't know. I think it's cute. And then he was like, why? And I was like, uh, because because despite my best uh, endeavors to educate myself and be a better feminist, I'm still beholden to uh, archaic ideas of be- beauty standards. And he was like, why? And I was like, I grew up in a house with a lot of toxic masculinity. And it was the 90s. And he was like, why? And I was like, because back then, my best feminist role model was Ally McBeal. <laughs> And he was like, okay. <laughs> a friend recently told me that I ask for validation a lot, and I was like, do you not like that about me? <laughs> I just started dating someone new. It's, I'm really excited about it. Every time I start dating someone new, I always want to warn them. Like, I want one of my exes to show up and be like, you're about to be visited by three spirits. <laughs> We've got the ghosts of insecurities past, anxiety present, and crying at your mom's house over Thanksgiving yet to come. <laughs> Heed their war- warnings or you too will be burdened for eternity by these chains. <laughs> and a flavor flavor clock, because I think that's what goes on chains. <laughs> I, 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 it is going qu- what, quite well. I think I'm in love. Yeah. With beating an English major at Scrabble. I don't know if y'all have ever beat an English major at Scrabble before, but it feels really remunerative. <laughs> I, do, I do love my partner quite a lot. and I, I like calling him my partner, and the part of that is because he is... Like, I don't like the term boyfriend, or because the idea of a boy... Like, he's he is 26, and he has a lot of strong opinions about cartoons, and... I just feel like he's been infantilized enough. <laughs> I feel bad. And the, the second part of that, of why I like the term partner, is that as a bisexual woman, I, like all bisexual women, I do feel very guilty for dating a man. <laughs> I don't really identify as a bisexual because I think that the term bisexual implies that gender is binary. And I, I don't believe that gender is binary, but I think talking to robots is... <laughs> I read an article recently that said that pessimists live longer than optimists, and I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> Spring is coming, my allergies are acting up, and I'm starting to use the neti pot. Do y'all know what a neti pot is? Yeah, I'm using it, and if you don't know, it's when you shoot water up your nose. It's kind of like olfactory squirting, and it's wonderful. I, I love it. Um, so I've been doing it, and I, um, I, I've been shooting water up my nose, and I'm loving it, but I am really worried that I'm going to get an amoeba in my brain, and what I'm worried is that the amoeba is going to take over my body and my motor functions and just start living my life slightly better than I do. <laughs> Which isn't hard, and uh, uh, like I'll be, I'll still be sentient. Like I'll still be able to see what's happening out my eyes. I just won't be able to interact or say anything. It'll be like I'm a victim of a body snatchers, or like I'm a woman in the fifties, and I'll, I'll just be like watching, and all my friends will be like, "What's so different about Barbara? What's so she's so likable and charming this week? What's what's happened? What's what's going on?" And I'll be like, "Guys, it's I'm in here." That's the amoeba. That's not the real. I'm stuck in it. Ah! And then all my friends will be like, I like Barbara so much better now. It's like she's making eye contact. (laughs) She washed her hair. 
she has not thrown any copies of Gloria Steinem books at men all week long. <laughs> What's her secret? <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, fine. I guess everybody likes the amoeba better than me. I'll just give her my life. Take my life, please, amoeba. Oh, oh, so sad. And then while I'm doing that, I'll hear a voice from the darkness that's like, I love you, Babs. I'll be like, what? Who said that? And the voice will be like, it's me, the amoeba. And I'll be like, oh. And the amoeba will be like, I love you. And then we'll just sit together in the darkness of my brain, braiding our hair dolls together. (laughs) And that's the first time that I ever truly get to love myself. (laughs) And I hope you all love yourselves too. Thank you so much. My name is Barbara Holm. Bye. Barbara Holm, everyone. Keep it going for Barbara. Hey, everybody. Randall Lawrence here real quick to let you know that this episode of Control Yourself is going to be bought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox is a crazy, awesome subscription service where you can get a box of themed treats and toys for your pooch delivered right to your front door. And if you go to getbarkbox.com forward slash control and sign up for a six or 12 month subscription, uh, we are going to get you an extra month for freezies. That's right. Six turns to seven, 12 to 13, and you don't have to go out shopping for your pooch anymore. Getbarkbox.com forward slash control. Treat yourself. Treat that pooch. On the next spec script. Oh, no, we gotta get the thing. Also, what is Specscript? Oh, oh God, I, I have to write an episode of a TV show that I've, I've never seen an episode of? Oh, no, and we have, we cast it with a bunch of great local Portland comedians and performers? And then we perform it live and record it and release it for you as a podcast called Specscript? And it's a lot less irritating than this? No, it really is. Check it out on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. And see it live at Kelly's Olympian Second Sunday. Sunday, 7 o'clock. Pacific time. Spec script. And now give it up properly for Barbara being in love. Still bullshit. That first two guys, I'm in love, and half of you were like, fuck you, lady. <laughs> Good for you, Barb. Nah. Babs is great. Y'all ready for your next comedian? Next comment, you might have seen him on Laughs on Fox, and even if you haven't, you're about to see him now. He's super funny. Make a lot of noise right now for Billy Anderson! Adam Posse, ladies and gentlemen. Great to have him as a host. Happy to be here. I'm originally from Seattle right now. I, I moved there by way of Georgia. Nothing makes sense to me in the Pacific Northwest, but that is my heritage. Nothing. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but in Seattle, we have benches, perfectly good benches. And on those benches, we've built statues of homeless people (laughs) sleeping on the benches. (laughs) And nobody knows why. I've asked, nobody knows. And all I can figure is that that is maybe the single most passive-aggressive way for us to keep homeless people off of our benches. We're like, I'd love to let you sleep here, Rusty Joe, but I've clearly already chiseled a young man on this one. (laughs) People in the Pacific Northwest think I should have a deeper, more redneck southern accent being from Georgia, which I don't think is fair, because I don't know if you guys know this, but not all of us sound like extras from the movie Deliverance down there. Yeah, not all babies in Georgia are born with one side of our overalls undone, plugging on a banjo. That's not how it works. 
Most children in the South eventually lose their Southern accents, Portland. For me, it was like right around the time I learned to read. <laughs> and I'm not being a shithead. You guys just don't know what it's like to be reading a book one day and be like, all right, if that's how that's spelled, I've been saying it wrong. That is... Is that a new letter? What is it? Are there 23 letters? Some of you guys in the back are like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that adds up. I like it. I can't, I can't smoke weed either. I have like no tolerance for weed to this day. I still have East Coast tolerances. And I'll date women that smoke it all day, every day. Like I was seeing a girl who smoked weed before we had sex every time. And I don't know how she does that. Because I lose focus immediately. <laughs> like if, I tried it one time when I was seeing this girl. I tried to smoke pot before sex. Halfway through she was like, hey baby, what are you thinking about? And I was like, hey, do you think that regular dogs ever get upset with police dogs? <laughs> for only solving human crimes, huh? <laughs> She's like, the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I'm just saying we make birdhouses out of wood, woods made from trees. That's where the birds are already living. <laughs> so, so we broke up, didn't end well. <laughs> And I'm shitty at being single. Like, I had something happen to me the other day. I was having sex, and I had a condom fail me. And a condom fail me. I know what you're thinking, looking at me. You're like, Billy, you stallion. You burst through it like the Hulk, didn't you? <laughs> no. No, that's not what happened, Portland. <laughs> it slipped off of me. <laughs> yeah, apparently your old pal Billy, not quite as magnum as he thought he was, huh? Maybe if I tie it at the bottom like I'm turning my shirt into a crop top, but as it stands... <laughs> I remember the moment when it happened. It felt just like when I got pantsed in elementary school. I was just like, what just happened? What is going on? And fellas, you, if you ever have this happen to you, which I'm sure it won't, because y'all got big fat dicks or whatever. <laughs> if you like run over a gypsy and drive off and get a curse placed on you, just know you have to let the lady know. Not all women have a sixth sense for when a condom gets left inside of them. You have to tap her on the shoulder and be like, excuse me, ma'am, you seem to have taken something from me. <laughs> she might be like, this is a laugh from a woman with experience. That's fine. She's like, huh, you do have to say that. <laughs> You'll say that and she may be like, well, what did you leave? And I'm like, if we're, if we're being honest, mostly my self-esteem, if we're being honest. <laughs> left it in there it's fine it's fine I grew up near Atlanta Georgia so it cracks me up when everywhere that I can afford to live in Seattle Washington all of my friends warn me that those are in the ghetto of Seattle I don't know if you guys know this but Seattle Washington's half Amazon employee half liberal arts student there's no rough neighborhoods in Seattle. It's, it's too nice. I don't even know what a rough neighborhood or a ghetto would look like in a city as liberal and prosperous as Seattle, Washington, right? Just a bunch of Mumford and Sons sitting on their front porch, <laughs> wearing vests, drinking their handmade micro-brewed 40 ounces, right? Smoking their fair trade crack cocaine out of a crack pipe they made out of recycled materials or whatever threatening to stab you with their blacksmith-forged artisanal shivs, yelling at the top of their lungs, I got $40,000 in art school debt and nothing left to lose. <laughs> Mugging you so they can afford whole food pomegranates. <laughs> Just a bunch of dudes who look like me doing ironic drive-bys on their unicycles. 
Oh, did that hit a little too close to home, Portland? The home you took from the indigenous people that lived here? <laughs> I'm sorry, there's no ghettos in Seattle, right? There's no ghettos in the same neighborhood where I can get my dog a massage. You know what I'm saying? Dog massage. I still get Portland has dog massage too. Is there is there no God? What is going on here, right? Dog massage. Call me old fashioned. Isn't that called petting your dog? <laughs> What kind of a monster buys an animal, keeps it locked inside their home, and pays a stranger to love it for them? What's a dog even doing that's stressing him out so bad he needs a massage therapist, right? What are these rich people's conversations like? They're like, yeah, man, Fido just hasn't been the same since this last election. I know, Mitten slipped a disc licking his balls the other day, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Some people might say $100 an hour is a lot to spend on an animal that eats its own shit, but I disagree. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, I'm a dog masseuse and I don't appreciate that at all. <laughs> I have to pay off my debt to decoupage school somehow. <laughs> Started living with a girl for the first time. Uh, I'm not dating her in any way. She's just my roommate, which is pretty dope. Uh, it only gets weird sometimes. Like the other day she went to a bar and she picked up a dude, right? That guy came back to our house, stayed the night, and then the next morning all three of us found ourselves eating breakfast together. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you right now, that guy had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> he was concerned. So I thought I'd lighten the mood. I look at him, I'm like, come on, man. We're both adults. Are we seriously gonna sit here eating eggs and not talk about the fact that you fucked my wife in our house last night? <laughs> And I just threw my eggs at the wall and walked out of the room, you know what I mean? <laughs> On the way out, I whispered to my roommate. I was like, hey, good luck. <laughs> the best thing is, I could do it again to the next guy, right? What's she gonna do, warn him? I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> what could she possibly say? She's gonna be like, hey, listen, um, before I invite you up, I gotta let you know. <laughs> I live with this guy, and he's gonna say he's my husband. <laughs> Just a little game we play with each other. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Have a good night. Billy Anderson, everyone. Super funny. Also super inaccurate. There is indeed a ghetto in Seattle. My cousins are there. Stay away from there. My cousins are super murderers, you guys. Fantastic. A couple of them we nicknamed the Centurions because before they were 20, they all had more between the four of them. There was more than 100 years of jail time between them. Oh, God. Yeah, my, my family will kill you. My family. That's a little dark. Y'all ready for We got two more comics before you headliner, you guys. Let's get the energy back up in this room right now for the next comic. One of my favorites, a regular heist host of the open mic here, and just a funny motherfucker. Give it up for eight minute Jake Silverman! Thank you. How's it going? You good? We're all right. Cool. I'm good. Uh, I'm a straight white dude. Exactly what I expected from that. Mmm, taste of that shit. Okay. Uh, no, I get it. I get it. It's not the best time for us, right? We're having a bit of a merchandising issue. No one is buying our shit anymore. It's crazy. 
kind of like that brand Fila. We used to be dope like 25 years ago. Now no one gives a fuck about those shoes, okay? It's the same. And that's cool. Other shoes have to be worn. Take over. Um, I think as a straight white dude, we're fucking having, we're just having an identity crisis, okay? We're freaking out. We don't know what to do anymore. Uh, right now we're starting to do this thing where we shit on other white people. It's like trying to be not as evil. We're just like, all right, well, I just don't want to be the worst one. So right now we've understood. <laughs> well, it's true. So, okay, here we go. Um, we're starting to shit all over like people who we think are less, like more dangerous. And right now we've done this thing where we shit all over people. The most dangerous group, of course, white dreadlock people. We're just shitting all over these guys. Just hating on them so much. And I don't understand the hate. I don't get it. They've only tried to get me high. They've been the friendliest, honestly, some of the friendliest whites I've ever met. So I don't know what the fuck these guys are under, coming under the bus. It's weird too in Portland, right? Because we've openly accepted the Nazi haircut. You guys know this one? It's like the flat, it's like the, you know, it's like short on the side, anti-Semitic up top. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's just like a, this. They're always hunched, really handsome men, but they're always like scared of life for some reason. Uh, I don't get that. I don't understand. That haircut came back the same time the Nazis did. I would drop that haircut, guys, seriously. You can find something else. Like, I know it's weird because like one out of three dudes has that haircut in this room right now. It's one for every Reich, of course, and that's fine. It's just like, gotta have it. It's just weird to me, okay? Like, as a Jew, as a Jew, I never saw a picture of a dreaded Nazi. I never saw a fucking like dupe smoking Nazi, but I saw that haircut that invades this town every fucking Saturday night. I'm gonna fuck. It's like, okay, well, that haircut killed six million of my people, so fucking shave your fucking head, dude, dude. <laughs> Point out all of you guys that have it. It's cool. Uh, whatever, man. What the fuck ever. Uh, as a straight white guy, I've also noticed that the black coolness level has reached an omega point that I do not think we are going to recover from. Uh, and I just don't think it's possible. I saw a black dude on the bus the other day sucking on a pacifier, and he looked immaculate, okay? He just looked like God had placed that pacifier in his fucking mouth, dude. I was just like, dude, now I'm gonna have to suck a pacifier in like a year just to fucking maintain? I'm not gonna do that, okay? <sighs> it sucks. I think that black dude got on the bus, he was like, look, I'm making a fucking stand, okay? We're calling pacifiers. Black people, we're calling pacifiers. Whites, get some other shit to steal. And he just doesn't know our history, apparently, okay? Do you guys remember FUBU? FUBU, it was a black clothing brand for us, by us. It was literally written in the title. Hey, white people, please don't wear this. I went to high school with dozens of white dudes who wore those jerseys, okay? It does not stop us. Is that too close to home or do you know what FUBU is? I, I never, that joke I was always like 50-50, like we don't either know or we're ashamed and that's fine. <laughs> Cool, man. It's good, yeah. Straight white people, that's fine. I have been, I'm trying to rock my Jewish roots a lot lately. Just like, nah, I'm not white, I'm Jewish. You know, you're just trying to like separate. It's nah, I'm not really my thing. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose in the race war, man. I want to join the losing team in history. You know, I just want to be on the Jew side again. They've already lost, we're going down. Um, there's only like 14 million Jewish people left on the planet, okay? We're an endangered species. Start fucking us more, okay? Jesus fucking Christ. I'm gonna blame you guys if we go like just extinct. I'm gonna be like, well, they didn't fuck us enough, dude. Now we're here, we're alone. Taking my stand. It's crazy, I have a girlfriend now. And uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, don't all crawl up to the stage at once. Uh, <laughs> I need him. He's got some thing going on. And uh, yeah, I have a girlfriend now. It's dope as fuck. Um, 
Uh, I'm trying to learn more about women. Uh, here's a weird, terrifying fact that I'll tell you. Uh, last week, I found out that women use more than one tampon per period. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. I had no idea. I always thought it was one in, five days, exit. That's just how I thought it worked. <laughs> Apparently, that shit can kill you, right? I had no idea. It's fucking crazy. This girl had me buy an 18-pack. I was like, like a year and a half supply. Why the fuck do you need these now? What are you prepping for, okay? It's terrifying. It's just really scary that I could just get her pregnant tonight, and you guys can't stop that. Isn't that weird? Not, it's not weird at all. That a fucking moron can have a baby? No, that's, it happens every day. I don't know, I feel like we regulate driving, guns, voting. Why is there not a dick clip at some level? I just feel like, dude, you gotta... I think we should vote on that shit, dude. Fuck, like, vote for a president, yeah, but like... You just, I don't know, should you have a kid? No! Like, shouldn't we be able to tell you that? Yes, right? Fuck Trump, I wanna fuck your balls, dude. Fuck that shit. All right, I gotta go, bye-bye. Jake Silverman, everyone! Keep it going for Jake. And keep it going for that warehouse manager shirt that he's wearing buttoned all the way to the top. Guys, we're almost at your final comic. Before I bring her up, I just want to tell y'all some things about the birthday girl. Joanne Sindeley is one of my favorite people in the world. I love her with all my heart. She is a dear friend. And my favorite thing to do with Joanne is ride in a car with her because she and I are absolute morons. And we go way too hard to the music. The other day, we were rolling and we were listening to uh, Kevin Gates' Really, Really. Y'all familiar with that song? Yeah. Room Full of White People. Are you guys familiar? <laughs> with New Orleans-based rap artist, Kevin, fuck y'all. <laughs> it was a rap song. It's about the thing most rap songs are about. We're just banging out to it like, all oh, my diamonds shining because they really diamonds. But then we pulled up and there's a homeless lady on the side and she has a sign, neither one of us have cash. So we just kind of turned the music down and sat still because you can't be like rap balling, having the time of your life <laughs> past the homeless lady. But like a bunch of assholes, not even when the whole car was past her. Just when the front that had us in the car was past her, we could crank it, and I look, I fall in. <laughs> we have fun in the car. We jammed to Disney tunes all, all the way from here to Walla Walla for a comedy road trip. That was fun. We came up with a game during Kiss the Girl, where uh, rather than it be a, a Jamaican crab singing to a dude, it's some frat boy bro. Just saying, what's up, bro? Trying to kiss this girl, bro? You gotta kiss him up, bro. You gay, bro? Another thing we like to do is when Joanne's swiping through Tinder, she and I will get drunk and make fun. If you have a picture with your mom and you have a dumpy ass mom, Joanne and I will say so while looking at her Tinder. <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> and then we will go back into the Sebastian the Crab gang. You got a dumpy ass mom, bro. <laughs> I love it with all my heart. So with that being said, you guys ready for your headliner? I said, are y'all ready for your headliner? One of my closest friends, the regular host and curator of this amazing show that you guys see every week. Make a lot of noise right now for Ginger J. Bones, Joe, and Chandelier! soon, so turn it off. 
God. I officially am in my 30s. Man, two feet in. Don't give a fuck. Just not giving any fucks, which feels good. But I woke up this morning on my 31st, how I wake up every morning in the fetal position. Just kind of rocking. You know, online shopping. By that, I mean dating. <laughs> Ooh, a female comic talking about dating. Cliche. Is it, though? <laughs> Is it, though, if my eggs are rapidly dying? <laughs> I just want one more pregnancy scare before this regime outlaws consensual sex. That's it. <laughs> Live a little. I am aging, <laughs> trying to get better with age, trying to better myself as I become probably 60. I think I'll die after that, but I'm pretty sure. I can't imagine myself being 40 years old. Anyone else who's just like, I don't have an image of what that looks like, so I'm trying to go, I'm gonna avoid cars in my 40s. Okay, um, but I am trying to better myself as a human being, trying to become a better human. I found myself in the bettering position. You know, ass up, hands down, stomach folded. I was biking. <laughs> I was biking around town. And ladies, you know when you feel a predator approaching, right? Ooh. This time it was in the form of a Chevy truck. So this truck comes up, so I'm like, mm-mm. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it was the same fucking teal Chevy. Comes rolling in hot, and I can feel him matching paces with me, and I'm just like, yes! Bring it! I started shaking my hair inside my helmet, you know? I was like, my ass does look great today! I got binders worth of these compliments, go! You know? It's a woman's in binders comp joke, okay. Just feeling great. And he rolls right up next to me. And he leans, he physically leans over an empty passenger side window to roll down a Chevy truck window. Like this is how much passion this gentleman had to get this message across to me. And so for a moment I was impressed. I was like, wait, am I in a Wrangler's Jean commercial right now? Is this my movie scene moment? <laughs> he rolls down this window and he leans out and he goes, Keep biking, sweetheart, cause it ain't helping. Oh. Not what I expected! No, I didn't know what to do. My first thought, I just yelled out, I had a baby! <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Not true at all. I have a baby, I was just defenseless, you know? But off the top of my head, pretty innovative. I fancy myself an innovative person. I recently become the poorest I've ever been. I'm uh, super dirt poor. So I'm trying to cut corners any which way I can to save some money, you know? So um, I'm not gonna buy dental floss anymore. I don't need it. I'm just gonna stand in front of the mirror and find the thickest, darkest hair. Pluck that guy out, use that one, you know? If you eat enough beef jerky, that shit works. Vegans. Shit out of luck. I'm also not gonna buy tampons anymore. Sorry, gentlemen. I'm just gonna invest in dark jeans and let that shit catch. <laughs> I 
I get broken up with a lot. <laughs> like a lot. It's okay though. I like, you know, like dating's not that bad. It's not that difficult. I like dating. Like the hardest part about dating is that moment when you have to realize, could I fuck you sober? <laughs> That's it. That's the hardest part. You know what I mean? That's how marriages start. I'm down with it. <laughs> totally down. I don't wear tampons. Uh, toxic shock is real. <laughs> I follow this girl on Instagram who is a model who got toxic shock and lost her legs, and I will never forget it. <laughs> Little PSA. <laughs> These are my fears, okay? The last time I wore a tampon, though, um, the year 2013. It was a dark and stormy night. I fell asleep next to a gentleman caller. And he woke me up on that morning with some early morning finger blasting. You know what I mean? It was adorable. And then he hooks a tampon I'd forgotten about. Whoa! Right? Embarrassing! Get on my level! And I'm not talking like a new age, like, like just like a fresh, like, two pumps. Whoo, it's a girl, you know? Like, I'm not talking about that. I hadn't had my period in two weeks. This was a neck cycle tampon. Right? I feel your grounds. Live this with me. So he's in there and he's like, babe, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know, what is that? Who fucking know? If I knew, it wouldn't have been in there. And he's just like, I think it's, I was like, what? Oh my God. And then he's just like, he taps out. He's like, you figure this out, I'm out. And then he just like burritos himself. Just takes all of the covers, rolls on over. Kind of looks at me. Swaddles back in. He's stuck, I'm stuck. What do you do on that sitch? WWBD, what would Beyonce do? I mean, I literally was just like a clogged human septic tank and homeboy was my rotor rooter, you know? How do you come back from that? So I did what any independent woman would do. Put on my silk Nike. Trod Nike, nighty? <laughs> my silk Nikes, I slipped right in. <laughs> trotted to the bathroom and immediately started crying, <laughs> you know? First line of defense, tears. Get him out of the way right away. So I was like, I have to deal with this shit, you know? But here's the thing, gang. Your pointer finger and your thumb aren't the same size, okay? You can't get a good grip in there. Very long time. And at a point, I'm like, fuck, I need reinforcements. I need like a needle-nose pliers or something. Thank God my dad bought me a toolbox in college. I know. I know. Fifteen minutes later, that dead fish came out. You guys, it's my birthday. The smell. First wave, burnt hamburger helper. Second wave, kind of like a meat stick, like rolled in some salmon, like tucked in an old man's root canal, like that. Like breathing on you. Too much, really. So I like diluted some bleach, dumped it in, just swirled it around. 
just like got all clean. Put on my silk Nikes. Trotted back into bed. Just laid there. Homeboy still in his burrito. And he unrolls and he goes, did I just hear you open a toolbox? <laughs> yes, you fucking did. Feminism! <laughs> Thank you for going on that journey with me. I wish it was a joke. <laughs> it's not. I do, I identify um, as a POS a person of singleness. Just like, thank you, one person who's like, yeah, I'd fuck you. Okay, cool. Um, just constantly roaming this world by myself, you know? We talked about dating, how it's not that difficult, it's totally fine. I just, like, I date around a lot, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm, technically, I'm in a monogamous relationship with two different people, <laughs> you know? Bros in different area codes, am I right? <laughs> I'm just strategically dating. <laughs> when I tell people that, they're just like, oh my God, so you're poly. You identify as poly. <laughs> you're like polyamorous, right? No, fuck that. If Portland has taught me anything, is that the word polyamorous is only reserved for white people with dreadlocks. Don't fucking put me in that category. I don't want to smell like patchouli, okay? Done. I'm just strategically dating. But it's fine. It's difficult for my mom to understand understand that it's hard to go home for the holidays you know because I don't bring people home with me um, <laughs> for several reasons but the biggest one is when you have to just when you're like constantly dating or like not in a serious relationship for a moment you have to figure out like is it me <laughs> like do people just not like me and like the answer is no I'm adorable you know <laughs> but I figured it out and I was like oh I know why like people break up with me or relationships end it's because I'm so good at bartering I'm so fucking good at it, right? Perfect example. Stating this gentleman for two years, and he's popped the big question via text message. Ooh, twice in my life this has happened to me via text message. What? What's the big question, Joanne? Don't worry, I'll tell you. Incoming text. Hey, babe, can we do anal? Outgoing text. Hey, babe, can I meet your mom? Because we both know the answer's no, and I'm a businesswoman, okay? I'm great at bartering. We immediately broke up. Too much to handle. But it's hard to go home for the holidays and like tell your, my grandma's like, really, Joanne, you flew all this way alone? You did? You flew this far alone again? And I'm like, it's hard to just be like, yeah, grandma, I won't do anal. Like that, that's not a conversation <laughs> that you have over turkey, you know? No one needs that. But I did go home recently, I did go home um, for the holidays. This, my family lives in Wisconsin, sorry. And um, I did go home for the holidays recently. And uh, the only, the, honest to God, the only reason I did was because I'm at the age where a lot of my friends and family are having babies, right? And they post their really cute pictures on the internet. And I get to scroll through them crying. You know, it's fun. And, but I realized that I was like, oh my God, all these pictures of these babies, they're like, eyes are closed, you know? And I'm like, wait, how, if, 
you only post pictures of your baby sleeping? How do I know it's not dead? You know, like, so I had to go home to find out. That was for me, okay. That was a joke for me. I just think it'd be really fucking funny if people just had a dead baby and just only took pictures of it. This is June, you're like, what? Anyways, um, because <laughs> you know the, the psychopath that's doing this naming their child after a month, like a gross person. Okay. I, um, <laughs> I didn't go, I, I, it's weird going home. I already just explained that. But here's, here's the biggest thing is that my family, I have an older sister and a younger sister, and they both got married and had babies at the exact, like they both within the same month. That was their two jams, right? And so a lot of times I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna live that lifestyle because I took that allotted money that was given for their weddings and their babies and I went to a good college, <laughs> you know? So I got a strategic communications degree and life experience and they stayed racist. So <laughs> it shakes out, you know? The kind of racist where um, I was dating this gentleman and uh, he was a perfect mix of Native American and black and super sad. And like that was his combination. Um, such a sweetheart, so dear. And we were driving one day together and I'm driving, he's in the passenger seat and I had to call my mom. And so I put it on speakerphone because I love this man and I don't want to get pulled over, he's black, you know what I mean? So I put it on speaker because I'm a nice person. And my mom immediately answers and she's like, she goes, oh my God, Joanne, speak of the devil. I was just talking about how you're gonna have the cutest mulatto children. What? what? I just like hot potatoed the phone and like almost drove us into oncoming traffic because that was an easier explanation than trying to explain my mom to this man, you know? And I just look at him, I'm like, babe, I'm so sorry, I'll never invite you to Christmas. And he goes, good, I'm Jehovah's Witness. I'm like, what? <laughs> did I just win a Portland jackpot? I did. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever have children. It's one of those weird things. Um, I definitely don't want a white one, but I just—it's <laughs> not cute to me. So, but I don't know. I don't know if rudeness can be passed via the vaginal canal or not. But my four-year-old nephew is proof that it can. He's such a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. He's four years old, sassy as you please, right? Like last time I was home, I was like, "Hey, Harvey, can I have a hug?" And this little trash bucket <laughs> looks up at me and he goes, no, I will give my mom five hugs and you can have one hug from her. <laughs> and I was like, Harvey, you're a dick. And he puffs his chest out. He goes, well, my mom said you're lonely. <laughs> and I swear to God from the next room, my sister goes, Harvey, good use of the word lonely. <laughs> How do you spell it? And this little cock block looks me in my human face and starts spelling my own name. And I'm like, what? I don't know whether to kiss you or kick you, but like, welcome to the team, kiddo. Here's a hat. Jesus. Just like your fucking mother. Smart as shit. <laughs> That, that was a real thing that happened. I felt bad about it. And so whenever I feel bad about stuff, I always take myself to my sanctuary, Target, you know? Where my white ladies at, gonna turn up. That was just fun. <laughs> I went to Target and this, uh, 
I actually, I went to Target specifically that day because I had to, um, I had to return some rugs because rent is due, you know? <laughs> I don't need these rugs anymore. I need a roof over my head. So I rolled up these rugs and I walked into Target and I was like, I would like to return these. And the lady goes, ma'am, we can't return those rugs. There's wine all over them. <laughs> and I got pissed and I was like, there's wine all over you. She's like, your teeth are literally purple right now. Okay. <laughs> I was like, touche. <laughs> so I took those rugs and I walked out of Target. But I had to text my roommate to let her know the bad news. JoJo's gonna be late on rent again. So I text her and I meant to write, Target won't return the rugs, I'm fucked, is what I meant to write. But in that moment, some beautiful autocorrect angels descended upon my phone. And what was autocorrected was, Target won't return the rugs, I'm, all caps lock one word, fucked in the USA. <laughs> I've never wrote that sentence in my life. But I was like, yeah, I am fucked in the USA, Target. <laughs> Who's in my phone? Sarcastic Bruce Springsteen? Where the fuck are you? <laughs> you guys know that term resting bitch face? Yeah, what a terrible thing to say to somebody, right? Resting bitch face, grow up. Apparently I must have it. I was at work and this woman came up to me and she was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I like never do this, but <laughs> you look mildly unapproachable. <laughs> and I just stared back and I was like, oh my God, that's so funny, because you look massively like a cunt. <laughs> Don't talk to me, I'm at work. I work in customer service. And if you're mad about me saying the word cunt, grow up, because I have one, and like, we should really just be blaming that fucking orange dictator who ruined the word pussy for us, okay? We can't have nice things! God, that man. I went to the Women's March in Washington. Uh, yes, I am better than you. <laughs> no, I couldn't really afford it. We bought, we, my roommate and I, who's here right now, but we... We heard this woman's march, we're like, yes, we're going, buy tickets immediately before they announced when the march was gonna happen. <laughs> so we bought tickets, we were landing an hour after the march was supposed to be over. So we had to find the funds to rebuild our ticket, you know, uh, whatever. So it, I lucked out in the end. I didn't win in the end, so I'm trying to get up. <laughs> but when we were there, it was a beautiful, magical moment. Did you guys participate in the Portland march? Good, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful, magical thing to be surrounded by all these like-minded people and literally a sea, as far as the eye could see, just so many people, just well, shoulder to shoulder. Everyone was so nice, everyone was so caring, they were bringing snacks, people were fucking, think about that, moms with snacks were there, are you kidding? <laughs> we were there for like 10 hours and it was amazing, right? There was one asshole who was a dude wearing a Penguins hockey jersey. That was the only piece of shit I encountered in the millions and millions of people that were there. And uh, there's this one woman that we were we were standing next to because, like I said, you're with you're kind of you you're like you're kind of with your group, you know, you can't move. And this one woman, she was she was old enough to look like she's fucking done this before. Like she was pissed to have to be there again, you know. And like she has this sign and she's just holding it and just like chanting with everybody, you know. And and it's exhausting. I mean, we're literally there from sunrise to sunset. And at one moment, I look over and she puts the sign down, and she just has this look of fucking defeat. 
and I'm staring at this woman and I'm just thinking of all of these years of like, God, just nobody gives a fuck about women, you know? Like it hurts and her eyes start welling up like she's about to cry and then I watch something inside of her fucking change, like this little spark and she just puffed up her chest, looked around at the sea of people and just starts yelling, you're orange, you're gross, you lost the popular vote. And just, and everyone's like, what? We're following you now. You're our new leader. And for like hours, people were just screaming, you're orange, you're gross, you lost the popular vote. We walked to the fucking White House outside that motherfucker's window, just yelling it. So liberating. I'm like, every ex I have, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to march straight to their fucking bedroom window. You're orange. I don't care what color their skin is. God. It was so empowering. (laughs) Do you guys fuck with OPB? Oregon Public Broadcasting. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I, OPB had this segment that was titled The 50 Things Not to Do in Portland, Oregon. Like, the top 50 things not to do in our fair city. You know what the number one thing not to do in Portland, Oregon is, according to OPB? It's don't date a waitress at your favorite restaurant. Really? Over, like, rape. (laughs) And murder. And wearing Skechers. It's like, don't. Date a waitress? Are we so passive-aggressive as a city that we're like, no, I'm nervous it's going to get awkward to order a kale salad after a night of unforeseen whiskey dick. No, I'm not going to do it. Don't make me do it. Grow up. Gentlemen, newsflash, if you drink too much whiskey, your dick might not work. That's just science. These are my girls. I happen to like the unforeseen whiskey dick, though, because that just means more unforeseen cuddling time for me. <laughs> it shakes out. I'm totally fine with it. No, babe, you go to sleep. Mm, you know, fine. Who cares? But I took offense to that because I know it may look like I have my shit together, but I was a bartender for 12 years. Yeah, thank your bar staff on the way out. Um, and it's fine, but it's interesting. Like, bartending was actually really fun. I got to talk to people, you know, for, <laughs> and for a living. It was awesome. And the big perk of the job was that I got to make my own drink specials. Two favorites I'll share with you. My favorite drink specials. Besides, well, three, because uh, Jesus Bomb was my first one. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Red Bull and wine. Get fucked up. It's real nice. It tastes delicious. <laughs> but I have this other drink special. I call it Broken Dreams. It's just a Corona. That's it. <laughs> But it's like really popular amongst 50 year old men who are just trying to get the band back together. <laughs> you know? It's fine. Second favorite, uh, it's a little bit more political. I actually had to change, change the name of it uh, to Dr. Huxtable now. Oh, I know, right? It used to be called college football. <laughs> it's a pretty girly vodka drink, but instead of filling the glass with ice, you just fill it with a bunch of roofies. <laughs> okay. Oh. Teach your kids better. I don't know what to fucking say. Not the crowd. Got it. Okay. I hope you do understand what side of rape I'm on (laughs) in that joke. 
normally the passive one. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> I really just sucked the air out of that room with that. Grow up. The fuck is in my window? Oh, is he being raped? I hope not. Okay, men can get raped too. Did you know that? Okay. Anyways, um, who cares? Well, focus on me. Fuck that guy. It's like, why are you here? You know? I'm just kidding. Um, I did. I I like the drink special thing. It's weird when dudes at my job when I was working at a bartender. It's weird the, the type of dudes that would hit on me, you know? Like, they got really creative. This one dude was just like, hey, girl, are you Italian? I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, oof, I can tell by the dark circles under your eyes. I can tell you're an asshole by the words coming out of your mouth. You know? This other dude was just like, ooh, girl, you got baby-making hips. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm just saying I want to put a baby in you. I'm like, ooh, well, based on your Jinko jeans? <laughs> I'm assuming you can't afford to take a baby out of me, okay? So let's just quit while we're ahead. Here's your corona, you know? It's fine. I did write some, this is my favorite thing. I wrote some jokes that you could say to um, hit on some, uh, anyone with that identifies with the pussy, if you want. Oh, God, time flies. Okay, here we go. Um, here's... I wrote these as a bartender because I was like, these would probably work. Feel free to use them. <laughs> Yo, girl, you're pussy like a dream. I won't remember it, but I'll wake up sweaty and screaming. <laughs> I'm gonna work. Yo, girl, you're pussy like an original Nintendo game. I gotta blow on it before it starts to work. Ooh. <laughs> a piece of advice. My favorite one. Yo, girl, your pussy like Splash Mountain. You got my t-shirt wet and my mom bought the picture. <laughs> it's a mantelpiece, you know? <laughs> I gotta get out of here soon. You guys have been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming and supporting live comedy every Sunday. You guys are fucking amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, two more tidbits and then, I'll, and then I'll let you be. And if you want to hang out and dance, please do. Don't forget about that tip bucket for Randall, please. Um, <laughs> we do live in a crazy society where we have to pay attention to where we're spending our money, you know? Uh, we're privileged people where uh, you guys are... Yeah, exactly. You guys are here spending money. Thank you so much. But there's people that don't have jobs and it's really hard for them to get jobs. So uh, just be aware of, you know, female-owned, minority-owned establishments uh, do that kind of stuff. Uh, a lady who owns this place, so that's cool. Um, yeah. My personal favorite place to spend money is Planned Parenthood. So if you guys want to donate to them, do that all the time. It's like, I kind of feel like if you're fucking, that's, you immediately should just go to Planned Parenthood. Like, that's, that's what I do. I, like, get that dick out and get in my car and get it. You know, whatever. Um, but I understand it's, like, an uncomfortable situation to be in. It's an uncomfortable place. I totally understand that, you know? Gentlemen, newsflash, did you know you can go to Planned Parenthood, too, for free? You can. You just go, and they'll just wipe your dick down for you. They'll just wet nap your dick, get it all shiny, Go do it. HPV's real. Awesome. Okay, so it's not always on the lady, right? But it's an uncomfortable place to be in. And, like, the idea of Planned Parenthood is not the, the shushmortion thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I can't even say the word. I grew up Catholic. But, like, the shushmortion thing is a hard issue for people. And it's not, but it's about choice. It's about choice. And I understand it's scary for people to understand that because think about the thing that you fucking hate the most, Right? There's people that hate abortion so much that they go out and, like, protest it. 
Think about the things that you hate. I get it. I would do that. I fucking hate sketch your shoes. I hate them. I hate them with a fucking passion. I would love nothing more than to make a homemade sign and stand outside a fucking sketch or shoe factory and just be like, no, God hates shoes or whatever. Like I'd pick it all fucking day if I could, but I don't because I give the right to choice. And yes, if you buy them, I do judge you. Anyways, but behind closed doors because I'm an adult. But Planned Parenthood is an uncomfortable place to be in. I was there and uh, first off, it went kind of under the radar. Obama fully funded Planned Parenthood in September, right? And it went kind of under the radar that that happened. And when I heard about it, I was so excited. Because I was like, yes! These, la- these doctors deserve job security, right? Because they're literally killing it at work every fucking day. <laughs> it's awesome. It's a well-crafted joke. <laughs> but it is uncomfortable. I was there, and this lady doc, I, she could tell I was nervous, so she was trying to ease, ease my tensions, you know? So she was just, like, rooting around down there. She's like, well, Joanne... You got good pH, you got bad pH, you got P. Diddy. Looks like you got a party down there. (laughs) What a beautiful joke, right? She set it up, I had to spike it. So I was like, Doc, are you telling me that there's a party in my pussy and you're invited? She's like, it looks like you already invited everybody. (laughs) I was like, we're making out now, babe. You know? The work wasn't done. At one point, I got a little bit mad at her. I feel like we went through a full circle relationship at this appointment. Because at one point, she's like looking at the computer and she's like, and I'm just sitting in my paper princess gown, you know? And she's like, she's like, hey, Joanne, do you give yourself self-breast exams? And I was like, oh my gosh, no, actually, I don't. Like, I don't know how to do that. I should Google it. And she goes, yeah, you should really figure that out. You're in your 30s now. (laughs) And I had like a visceral, like I blacked out to being called 30 years old. I've never had a reaction like that before. And I just like, blacked out came to I was staring at the hazardous waste bin and I just imagined myself like projectile vomiting into this waste bin after being called 30 but like vomiting hard enough where I would hit all of the needles in there and they'd come back and hit me in the eyes and they'd like stim you know and everyone's gonna call me AIDS for eyes or something like I'm like oh they're gonna name goggles after me what you know all with being called 30 and then I literally was thinking of AIDS for eyes and so I started laughing because who the fuck thinks of that and then she's like, are you okay? And I was like, oh my God, uh, I just came up with a funny joke. But also, <laughs> I've never been, I just reacted to being called 30 years old. And she goes, oh, I totally get it. I'm 32 years old. Yeah, and you're a doctor. Like, there's nothing left for me, you know? It's done. But now she has to get back down to my nether recent regions. And she's in there. And, uh, and I'm still uncomfortable, so I'm trying to like lay back and bask in the fluorescent lighting like an unfiltered Rihanna, just totally getting it, you know? And as I'm basking in it, she just goes, and my head's still spinning, so I'm like, okay, I need to count backwards from something, like a sheep or something. Like, I'll start at a hard number, 151. Also what I was drinking the night before, <laughs> so it made sense. So I was like, okay, 151, 150, 149, 148, 148, fuck, 140, I have an unpaid parking ticket for $148. I don't have that kind of money. They're going to repo my car. Like right at the height of me freaking out about my finances, Lady Doc pops up from betwixt my legs and just goes, Joanne, you have a textbook vagina. I'm like, what? I should have asked for that in writing, you know, but I didn't. My first reaction, I just popped back and I go, how do I make money off of that? <laughs> do textbooks need pictures of just crop my face out? What are we talking, 100 bucks? You know? She's like, no, psycho. Textbooks don't exist anymore. <laughs> okay. Kids are just going to red tube for that shit. I'm like, oh, too many faces, <laughs> you know? 
But I'm just saying, if I'm walking around this dreary ass town with a quote unquote textbook vagina, a doctor recommended vagina. <laughs> if that's my game, that just must mean that I'm only dating dudes who don't know how to read. <laughs> Normally that gets a standing ovation, but I see your old gentleman in here. Not me, no, no. Awesome. You guys are really fun. I'm going to get out of here on that one. I could do one more, but you guys have sat through an amazing show. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Supporting Live Comedy. Uh, I'm going to bring the host back to the stage while I awkwardly ask you for money. Adam Posse! Joy Cinderella, everyone. What do you got? What do you got? Happy birthday to you. Keychains. Give it up for Joanne, you guys. <laughs> <laughs>